When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right. I'm ready if you guys are. I was born ready. Let's do it. Oh, he was born ready. Ready, Zoom? Yeah, I'm ready. All right, here we go. Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I'm Andrew Kahn. I'm Ryan Zook. And I'm Aaron McMahon. It's game week in Ann Arbor, as in the game, Michigan versus Ohio State. The stakes couldn't be higher for Saturday's showdown, and we're previewing the matchup coming up on Wolverine Confidential. All right, guys, good to be with you here Wednesday morning, November 22nd. We are a few days away from 11-0 and third-ranked Michigan hosting 11-0 and second-ranked Ohio State. The winner will represent the East Division in the Big Ten Championship, where it would then be a win over Iowa away from reaching the four-team college football playoff so you could have just said the the winner will win the big 10 championship andrew i think you would have been pretty safe there well you know well i i'm laying it out laying out all the facts for our, our listeners here but i hear what you're saying uh the stakes are super high that's the bottom line uh and and aaron mcmahon ryan zook and i have have been and will continue to preview the matchup with our written words on mlive.com slash wolverines right up until kickoff at 12 14 p.m on Saturday, and we will be in the press box at Michigan Stadium to cover the game itself. So, guys, let's start here. What are you most looking forward to about Saturday? And Ryan Zook, I'll start with you. I oh, appreciate it. Uh, to me, I mean, I just I want to see if there is any like added emotional uh, emotions in this game that you can kind of actually notice. Like, is there is there more talk after the whistles? Is, I mean, is there? more juice during the plays, like bigger hits, stuff like that. And, and just to see how the game kind of unfolds in that way, especially early on. I mean, obviously in probably in the second half, that's probably going to subside a little bit as, as the game becomes on the line. But I don't know. I feel like both teams are going to set the tone and there's going to be a lot of chatter throughout the game, given all the other noise in the outside world going on. But yeah, I mean, I, I just think it's just going to be a, a battle throughout and, uh, yeah, I'm sure it's going to be quite emotional for, for both teams, especially with Harbaugh not on the sidelines for Michigan. I'm going to take the cop-out answer here and just say I'm ready for kickoff. I mean, the last four weeks have been just, like, overshadowed by this sign-stealing stuff. It's nonstop. I, I think it kind of took some of the juice out of the Penn State game. Um, I, I would go, venture to say this week hasn't felt like a typical Ohio State week, at least up to this point, because of this stuff going on outside the off, outside of Schimbeckler Hall. So, uh, I'm just ready for the game to be played. I'm looking. I'm looking forward to a competitive game. I'd like to see a close game. I don't know if it's going to end up that way, but uh, I'm just ready for some football. Of course, Jim Harbaugh will not be uh, on the sideline uh, as he serves the third and final game of his of his suspension. What do you think? Not having Jim Harbaugh on the sideline in this game actually actually means for Michigan. I, I think it means more than maybe some of the past games just because they're going to be without their leader. They're going to be out without their executive, someone to make important decisions when they're needed. Um, and, and you can make the case maybe that wasn't necessary for a Maryland or 
you know, a, you know, a non-conference game early in the year, like he was, like he was gone for. So I, I do think it's going to matter. Um, you want someone with Jim's stature and figure and just his, his knowledge and, and experience in games like these on the field. So I, I do think it's going to matter maybe more so for the coaching staff than, than the players, because they're not going to have that person to fall back on. It is ultimately going to be up to Sharon Moore and, and, and Jesse Minter and, and, and to some extension, Jay Harbaugh and special teams to ultimately decide what they're going to do and how they're going to react. You know, if and when Michigan's back is against the wall, what are they going to do? And they're not going to have Jim Harbaugh there to lean on and get, you know, glean his expertise from. So uh, I, I do think it matters. I, I, they're not going to be without, they're going to be without their head coach, uh, someone who was on the sideline the last two years when Michigan beat uh, Ohio State. Um, and, and irregardless of result, I, I do, um, you know, I, I do think they'd prefer to have him there too. Yeah, Aaron nailed it there. I mean, I don't think as far as motivation for the players, they're going to be able to find motivation through other means and, and other coaches. I don't think that's going to play much of a factor. But like Aaron said, yeah, like the, the decision making, um, just being on the same page and, and being coordinated as a staff. I mean, that that's where it, it could become a factor, especially in the, a game of this magnitude. I mean, Sharon Moore doesn't have any head coaching experience before this year. And now he's uh, thrown in the fire and, and will I mean, ma- many coaches would kill for this opportunity to, to be in a 11 and no heading into a, a the re- final regular season game with a, with a big 10 title on the line. And that's exactly what he has here. And yeah, he has, he has the players. He, he's been around hardball for a while, but it's, it's a different ball game when you get to these big games. And uh, it, he made some uh, gutsy calls against Maryland that ended up paying off, but We'll see what happens uh, with Ohio State when the stakes are even higher. You know, it's interesting because Harbaugh was suspended for the first three games of the year. We got to, you know, talk to the players and coaches about what it meant to not have him and then have him back. And they kind of make make it seem like both ways are good because when he was out, they're like, you hear a lot of, oh, not much is different. You know, the rest of our staff is, you know, prepared and we trust them and all that, but then he he comes back, you know, for the Rutgers game. Oh, it was so great to have him back. He he brings this extra juice. He he does all this other stuff for us. So you know, they can't really both be true. I mean, it's almost like when they are talking about they treat every opponent like Ohio State, and the focus is there. Then you get to Ohio State week. Well, there's that little extra focus. You know, which, which is it? But um, you know, I I think it was interesting. Trevor Keegan, I, I think it was last night. Uh, the offensive lineman was. Saying, you know, he's like, I don't even really see the guy during a game. So, you know, uh, a certain play. <laughs> I love Trevor, man. He's such a good quote. <laughs> yeah. You know, certain certain position groups, I think, wouldn't interact with him as much. Uh, I don't know. There is. Do you think it's a coincidence or is there any merit to the fact that, you know, J.J. McCarthy's uh, some of his you know worst games of the season um, have been when Sharon Moore has been the acting head coach uh obviously these these last couple um and then the bowling green game where he threw three interceptions just michigan's offense in general hasn't been as uh they've been a little more one-dimensional or they've struggled with with turnovers or, or other issues you know in those games where the offensive coordinator the play caller also has head coaching responsibilities i do think there's some merit to it i think there's some validity you could probably dive into some trends and and everything else i mean at the end of the day, you know, Shromore was ultimately in charge of the offense and, you know, kind of organizing the game and managing things and everything else. So certainly. Um, but I, I think if you were to look at each of these games with Sharon as head coach individually, you find some differences. You know, the Bowling Green game, for instance, 
JJ even had said after the words he was kind of forcing things and it was kind of on him. The Penn State game, I, I think Sharon and the staff recognized pass protection wasn't holding up and their best route for offense was just running the football. So that essentially took JJ out of the equation. And then you go and then you go into the Maryland game last Saturday and JJ just didn't play particularly well. And I do think the bum ankle and his injury played a factor there. So I think he played poorly in those three games for different reasons. But that's not to necessarily absolve Sharon Moore. I do think he and the staff need to do a better job of getting J.J. Moore in a rhythm and getting him comfortable earlier in games so that when they do need to throw the ball, he's not forced to do something. So I, I think everyone's to blame here. There's multiple factors at play, uh, and I, I just don't think it's just on Sharon. Let's talk about this uh, Ohio State offense a little bit. Um, Marvin Harrison Jr., is the star, uh, 99 receiving yards per game, uh, 13 receiving touchdowns. He's got a rushing touchdown as well. Um, you know, I saw him as high as number two in, in a recent NFL mock draft. I mean, he's, he's going to be a top five pick, the top wide receiver taken for sure. He is, he is a star. Um, and that's kind of where, you know, Ohio state's offense st- really starts and ends is with, is with Marvin Harrison jr. How do you think Michigan will go about defending him, uh, on Saturday? Well, I, I do think they're going to have to obviously put their best defender on, the best defensive back. So it's going to start with Will Johnson. I, I think he is probably going to get uh, most of the workload against Marvin. I, I think, and he'll probably accept it. You know, we haven't gotten a chance to talk to him this week, so we don't know. But my, my thing is, if you're the number one corner, you want the number one receiver just to prove that you are the alpha male, you are the top guy. So I think it starts there. Um, I do think with Michigan's five five and six man backfield, they're going to probably look to double Marvin quite a bit with whether it's you know with a nickel with Mikey Sanders still or someone else just to give them some added uh, attention. The problem is, and, and you mentioned you know uh, the offense starting and stopping with Marvin Harrison Jr. They've also got other weapons. You know, Mecca Ibuka, for instance, he's he's come on. He's had a very good year as well. So Michigan also has to focus on him. So the pressure is going to be on the defensive backfield. I think. Um, you're going to get guys who are, I think are going to get tough matchups. They're going to get put in interesting positions and they're going to have to make some plays. Now, I don't think all the pressure should necessarily be on them either. I, Michigan does need to get home and get a pass rush going and, and force um, you know, Kyle McCord to get rid of the football relatively quickly because the more time you give him behind in the pocket to make the throws, uh, the more likely he's going to he's going to hit a Marvin Marvin Harrison Jr. and a Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to get open. So uh, the pressure I think is on all three levels of the defense. Certainly the secondary, the guys in the backfield need to uh, step up to the plate and and you know do their best. But that you know the, the edge rushers need to come, get home as well. And a new wrinkle this year that that Ohio State really didn't have last year is a healthy Travion Henderson too. Which I mean, Ohio State wasn't able to run the ball against Michigan last year and and forced basically C.J. Stroud to continue to chuck it up play after play. And I think they'll be more balanced this year too. And and if they start having success with the run in, in Travion Henderson, that could present some challenges. Because I mean. This mission secondary hasn't really been tested with the dominant passing attack this year. And then you saw last week against Maryland, who's got some good receivers, but not great. Will Johnson and Josh Wallace didn't have great games and, and were burned a couple a couple of times. So it, it, Will Johnson's an incredibly talented corner, but he's still relatively young and experienced and, and hasn't really gone up against these premier receivers yet in his career. Um, so Saturday will be a big test, and I wouldn't be surprised if they try and double Marvin as much as possible. You've got to you've got to let someone else beat you. You can't let him have a 150, 180 yard game and, and allow him to continue to rack up chunk yardage. 
As as Aaron said, though, there are people that 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 can beat him. I mean, Egbuka, uh, you know, the other the slot receiver. I mean, I saw uh, Mel Kiper had him, you know, just the other day listed as a, a top twenty five overall prospect uh, in this class. Uh, Kate Stover, the tight end, is is an impressive physical specimen at you know six four two fifty. Um, and then Henderson, um, you know, he missed three games in the in the middle of the season, but. You know, sure, you know, appears healthy now, uh, you know, against Minnesota, 15 carries, 146 yards, two touchdowns, including a, you know, 75 yarder. So, yeah, he seems to be back healthy. And, and yeah, this Ohio State offense is, is kind of firing on all cylinders. Um, it, it will definitely be a challenge for Michigan and, and getting pressure, like Aaron said, I think I think will be huge. Um, in, in the last 21 meetings between Michigan and Ohio State, Michigan has won three of those games, and those are the three times that Michigan has outgained Ohio State on the ground. Uh, I guess, you know, do you think that can happen again? Will that trend hold up? Um, and, yeah, how, how, how well do you think Michigan will be able to run the ball and just, you know, uh, move the ball in general uh, on offense? I, I think they're going to have to. I, I don't think necessarily Michigan w- can win Saturday just by throwing it. Um, they're going to have to sustain some type of ground game. I think they're going to, just like last year, I think in, in a couple of years ago, they need to keep Ohio State's offense off the field as long as possible. And part of that is long sustaining drives. Obviously, you want to put points on the board. You want to score, um, but you need to possess the football. And for Michigan, doing it on the ground is a good way to do it. Um, now, look, they've shown success being able to throw the ball this, you know, down the field too. So I, I do think it's going to take a balanced attack for Michigan. You know, Jim Harbaugh likes to tout the – 200 passing, 200 rushing, uh, and I think that's a, probably a perfect way of going about it on Saturday. They're going to need both sides of the ball. They're going to need Blake Corum to, you know, average three and four or five yards to carry. They're going to need a couple of decent sized runs from Donovan Edwards because if Michigan's unable to run the football on Saturday, and look, there's question marks around it, right? The offensive line's banged up. The tackles haven't played particularly well. Um, that could play a factor. Uh, but if if they can't run the ball well on Saturday, it could be a very long day, and it's going I think hamper Michigan's ability to, you know, win time of possession and and keep, you know, the McCords and the Harrisons off the field. Yeah, and I mean, people can just look at the box store last year and see, oh, with 252 rushing yards, they, they absolutely dominated on the ground. But if if you remember, I mean, two of those runs came on 75 and 85-yard touchdown runs uh, from Donovan Edwards. So, I mean, for most of the game, they, they, they weren't really getting much running room against that Ohio State front and, and needed – and. I mean, Ohio State was was packed in the box. They were putting putting their DBs in 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 one on one coverage, and Michigan kind of burned them. I mean, Cornelius had a couple long pass plays, and I think now this year Ohio State might be a little bit more cognizant of that and, and not try and, and let those big plays over the top happen as much. So maybe there is a little bit more running room. But yeah, I, I think that they're going to need to average more three four yards per carry and not get stopped for at the line or one or two yards and you be forced in second and third and long situations because yeah, I, I don't know what we can expect from this pass rush against a, a good front because it didn't really hold up against Penn state that was on the road. And, and Keegan said they the cadence was, uh, they couldn't really hear the cadence and said, that's not an excuse, but kind of made an excuse at the same time. So we'll, we'll see. I mean, it's, I don't really know what type of game plan each team's going to go with because it's I mean there, there's there's options here and that's what makes this game so fun and, and don't forget too last year Michigan played 95 percent of the game without Blake Corum I mean he was he was hurt he couldn't run and they were basically running with Donovan Edwards by all accounts Blake Corum is healthy healthy this year Donovan Edwards is, is fine he's, he's gotten better it seems like as the season has gone on so Michigan's running game I think is in a better position this year than it was last year 
Um, but again, like I said, it's going to come down, I think, the offensive line and creating some of those holes. Um, but I, I do think, you know, that that's a storyline to watch, Blake Corum and how motivated he's going to be because the last two years he's really – he's either not played or been seriously banged up playing Ohio State. So I think he's motivated in his final game at the big house to try and, uh, you know, uh, seal his legacy as, as a Michigan running back great. And it's also possible that both offenses kind of struggle. I mean, this, this, these are the two top scoring defenses in the country. Michigan's allowing nine points per game. Ohio State right behind them at nine point three. Uh, Michigan's got the you know best defense as far as you know allowing yards. Ohio State's third there, so it's possible there's you know fewer points scored um, you know than the last couple of years at least in in this game. But but I, you know we will see. Uh, as far as Michigan's offense, what is what is the latest on the on the health status of uh, you know the players that either missed or you know got hurt in the in the Mar- Maryland game? There's the two linemen, uh, Ladarius Henderson and and Miles Hinton. There's a the wide receiver, Roman Wilson. Uh, I mean, I was there at the press conferences. We we didn't get much. No, what we have learned that Roman Wilson is going to try and play. Um, it sounds like he's been cleared to play. I don't know what type of condition he'll be in, but he's going to give it a go. And I, th- I think that's crucial for Michigan's passing game. Just because he, I mean, he's been Michigan's most productive receiver all season long. He, he's a speedy option. He can, he can, you know, create some uh, big plays. So I think they would like him out there, and it sounds like he will be. Uh, as far as Henderson and Hinton, um, Hinton's or excuse me, Henderson sounds like he's going to play for sure. Sheryl Moore is pretty adamant after the game on Saturday that they that they expected him to play. It sounds like they held him out Saturday for precautionary reasons. Hinton's more of, I think, a toss up. I think he's probably going to try and give it a go. But it did sound like he suffered some some sort of knee injury, and obviously as an offensive lineman, that's probably the last type of injury you want. So I, I think they'll try and give him a go. I don't know how effective he'll be, but um, he, he's going to try and play. And the Michael Barrett too. We talked to him on a Tuesday night. He's uh, he's good to go, and he's you know after the AC joint sprain the shoulder. And Trevor said last night at practice that, that Ladarius was working next to him in, in practice on Tuesday. So that's also a good sign for for Michigan. All right, so the the stakes for this game, you know, really really couldn't be higher because it's as I think we discussed on the last episode, you know, hard to see the loser getting into the playoff, you know, given you know the rest of the the top teams in college football. Certainly for Michigan, that doesn't have that would have a you know home loss uh, on its resume, and then you know not having really any other you know marquee wins. Got the the Penn State win is is big. I I, I shouldn't say they don't have a marquee win, but you know, Ohio State, for example, has win over Penn State, and then also the win at Notre Dame. I think helps. Uh, so yeah, I, this is obviously to get to the Big Ten championship to to keep the playoff hopes alive. And you know, I just think that's not necessarily going to be the case going forward. You know, next year, Big Ten expanding. Uh, there's no divisions anymore. The loser of this game could still get to the Big Ten championship, and you know, the loser of this game could definitely still get into a playoff that has. 12 teams uh yeah is that is that fair to say that 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 kind of just raises the stakes for this game you know even even more yeah i would say so um you gotta keep in mind though too a lot of the players at least on the michigan side in this game won't be around next year so i don't think they're necessarily thinking about all that stuff i mean right now they're motivated to win this game and then and then to win big 10 championship i mean their goals are so high this year to, to not only get in the playoff, but win a national championship. So, I mean, there's a lot riding on this one. I think just from a legacy standpoint, you've got all the outside stuff swirling around, uh, the rumors and accusations and claims and everything else. So I, 
I, I do think Michigan's motivated to do to win this thing. I think they recognize what's at stake here. Um, you know, you can't play for a Big Ten championship if, if you don't win this game. And you, and given the circumstances, you know, you got five unbeaten teams right now. You got a lot. Of, you got kind of a log jam there near the top of the college football playoff rankings. That if you do lose this one, the chances of them getting in is, are slim. It's not a situation like last year. Where I think you can kind of backdoor your way into this thing. Um, it would take a lot. Uh, I'm not saying it's not possible, but it it would take a lot more than I think it would have last year. So, um, it, it, Trevor Keegan, I think put it put it best. You know, Tuesday night when I asked him about the stakes, when he when he said, you know, if, if we don't win this game, you know, the season doesn't really matter because at the end of the day, I think they recognize that if they don't win this game, they're not getting in the playoff and they're going to have no shot at winning a national championship. Moving forward, though, I mean, yeah, it, it, the the game might not have much, the result might not have as much of an impact on the standings or college football playoff, but I mean, if you hear players talk about like their time at Michigan or Ohio State, and, and one of the first things they'll bring up is their record against their rival. So I think that, I mean, it's still going to be a massive rivalry. It's still, I mean, going to be a, a circle game on the schedule. And uh, people are, it's still, people are going to leave here, both schools with, with legacies on the line. And it's going to include their, their record at, against their, their biggest rival too. So it will be interesting, but yeah, I mean, this, this year is definitely going to be quite the finale in this, in this format, because yeah, it's, it's the, it could be the most epic game of, in this rivalry of, of potentially all time, given the off the field stuff too. But um, yeah, I don't think the, the rivalry rivalry will be slowing down much, even in, in the new format. Don't forget too, like you're talking about the new format, and the Big Ten kind of going away with divisions next year. But if this, if that was the case this year, Michigan and Ohio State would be playing in back to back weeks, and I, I think that would kind of dilute some of the whether it's the regular season finale or the Big Ten championship game playing twice in two weeks. I think it'd be fun. I think fans would eat it out up and and enjoy it. But I, I do think it would take some some things away from you know this this you know, regular season finale, this, this spot in the schedule that's everyone's become so accustomed to tuning in, you know, the, the at noon Saturday after Thanksgiving for Michigan, Ohio state. So um, that's a concern. I think going forward, it's obviously been broached. I, you know, Ohio or Ryan days spoke during the off season about potentially moving this game, maybe early up earlier in the schedule. I don't know if that's going to happen or if that's feasible, but right now, um, you know, given the way the, the landscape, the college football is changing in the future, don't be surprised if you see this game played, you know, multiple times a year. Best thing Ryan Day has ever said. Amen. Let's do it. <laughs> Earlier the better. I mean, I, I don't like it on the holiday week at all, and I think it, it could add a new wrinkle too if it's, uh, I don't know, late September, early October game. I mean, then no, knowing at that point, like that's it could be a, a bigger game at that point because then you don't really know what's going to transpire in the last few weeks of the year too, so – I'd be all for it, but I, I don't know if that will be happening anytime soon. And obviously, once more teams join the conference, that's more opportunities for losses, too. So, you know, yes, they're both undefeated now, but, you know, you can't say that next year that's even if they, they had beaten the other teams on their schedule that they'd meet again because, yeah, maybe you lose a game to USC or, or Oregon or whoever. Uh, the predictions for this game will we'll post on mlive.com slash Wolverines on Friday, uh, we usually send them, you know, by Thursday night. You guys still uh, going to need all that time uh, to to come to a decision, or are you both? You both. Mine's already locked in, baby. They're locked in. Okay, locked in. How about you, Aaron? I I I can't come up with one. No, not yet. This is probably the the worst, like the most 
difficult, I think, game I've had to pick. You know, even the last two years when I picked against Michigan, I was convinced that Ohio State was going to win for different reasons, I think, in each year. This year, I have no idea. I think the point spread is right, about right, given the fact that this game is being played in Ann Arbor. So I think Michigan gets a three-point bump regardless. But I, I don't know. I could see this game going either way. So let's get, I'm going to go be going down the wire to make my decision here. I, too, will be using all of my allotted time uh, before before submitting my pick. Uh but yes, I think at least at least two of us leaning towards very, you know, very competitive game uh, this year. 9 p.m. Thursday, guys. I'm giving you a deadline to be giving me those predictions. So don't be late. All right. You got it. Uh, well, you can check out all, all this coverage on MLive.com slash Wolverines uh, leading up to during and after the game between Michigan and Ohio State at Michigan Stadium. 1214 is the official kickoff. It'll air on Fox. Thanks for listening.